They never had a chance. I know, I know, the group captain nodded heavily. We heard. And McKilvey ditched just north of Alex. Yeah, but he'll be all right. The old crate was still awash when we passed over. The big dinghy was out and it was as smooth as a mill pond. He'll be all right, Torrance repeated. The group captain nodded again. Jensen looked across at the burly Australian. You don't fancy going back there again? Too bloody right I don't, Torrance growled. I don't believe in sacrificing good blokes for nothing. I can't do the impossible. Thank you, squadron leader, and all of you. Jensen was on his feet. I know you've done your very best. No one could have done more. And I'm sorry. Group captain? Right with you, gentlemen. He nodded to the bespectacled intelligence officer who had been sitting behind them to take his place, led the way out through a side door, and into his own quarters. The group captain brought some glasses. If anyone could have done tonight's job, it was Bill Torrance, and if he says it's impossible, believe me, Captain Jensen, it can't be done. Yes. Jensen looked down somberly at the glass in his hand. Terrible pity that it took the lives of a dozen men to prove me right. There's just the one way left now. There's just the one, the group captain echoed. He lifted his glass, shook his head. Here's luck to Kiros. Here's luck to Kiros. Jensen echoed in turn. His face was grim. Look, Mallory begged. I'm completely lost. Would somebody please tell me? Kiros, Jensen interrupted. That was your cue call, young man. Kiros, Act 3, Scene 1. Enter Captain Keith Mallory. Jensen drove the big Humber command car with the same relaxed efficiency that hallmarked everything he did. Mallory sat hunched over the map on his knees, a chart of the southern Aegean. Finally he straightened up and shivered. Even in Egypt, these late November nights could be far too cold for comfort. He looked across at Jensen. I think I've got it now, sir. Good. Jensen gazed straight ahead along the white glare of the headlights that cleaved through the darkness of the desert. Now, imagine yourself standing in the town of Navarone on the north of the island. Tell me, what would you see from there? Mallory smiled. Well, four miles or so away to the east, I'd see the Turkish coast, then due north beyond Cape de Mirsi. Practically in a line with it, I'd see the island of Kiros. Finally, six miles to the west is the island of Maidos, the first of the Lerides group. They stretch away in a northwesterly direction, maybe fifty miles. Sixty, Jensen nodded. You have the eye, my boy. You've got the guts and the experience. A man doesn't survive eighteen months in Crete without both. I only hope you have the luck. God alone knows you're going to need it. Mallory waited expectantly. Jensen spoke again, quietly, without taking his eyes off the road. This is Saturday, and rather it's Sunday morning now. There are 1,200 men on the island of Kiros, 1,200 British soldiers, who will be dead, wounded, or prisoner by next Saturday. How does it feel to hold a thousand lives in your hands, Captain Mallory? Mallory stared down at the chart. Jensen broke the silence. Eighteen months ago, you remember, after the fall of Greece, the Germans had taken over nearly all the islands of the Sporades. The Italians, of course, already held most of the Dodecanese. Then gradually we began to establish missions on these islands, usually spearheaded by your people, the Long Range Desert Group, or the Special Boat Service. By last September we had retaken nearly all the larger islands except Navarone. It was too damned hard a nudge, so we just bypassed it and brought some of the garrisons up to and beyond battalion strength. You remember how the Germans reacted? Violently? Jensen nodded. Exactly. Very violently indeed. The political importance of Turkey in this part of the world is impossible to overestimate. Most of these islands are only a few miles off the Turkish coast. The Germans flung in everything. Paratroopers, airborne troops, crack mountain brigades, hordes of stukas. 
In a few weeks we'd lost over 10,000 troops and every island we'd ever recaptured, except Kiros. And now it's the turn of Kiros. How can you be so sure it's this week? Jensen sighed. We have vast hordes of spies. Our information is accurate. An armada of Kaikis will sail from the Prius on Thursday at dawn and island hop across the Cyclades, holding up in the islands at night. We don't move in the Aegean in the daytime or be bombed out of the water. The Germans don't dare move at night. Droves of our destroyers and MTBs and gunboats move into the Aegean at dusk. The destroyers retire to the south before dawn. The small boats usually lie up in isolated island creeks. But we can't stop them from getting across. Twelve hundred men, you said, sir, Mallory asked quietly. Yes, twelve hundred men, Jensen sighed. Taking them off will have to be a night operation. There isn't a ghost of a chance in the daytime. It'll have to be destroyers. Transports and tenders are too slow by half, and they can't possibly go north about the north.